This is Sam Glenn of Code in Motion, and you're listening to Cyber 321, plain English cyber in three articles, two numbers, and one action. It is March 25th, 2022, and in the first of this week's articles, it discusses how a UK law firm was fined £98,000 sterling following a ransomware attack. The UK's Data Protection Authority, the ICO, has fined a UK law firm £98,000 following a data protection breach caused by ransomware. Hackers gained access to the IT systems of criminal defence firm Tucker's Solicitors LLP and compromised more than 24,700 court bundles containing special category data such as medical files and witness statements. The ICO's investigation found that Tucker's had breached Article 51F of GDPR because of data security contraventions and inadequate technical and organisational measures to protect such data. In particular, the regulator noted the lack of multi-factor authentication for remote access to the Tucker's systems, the slow pace at which software vulnerabilities were patched and a failure to encrypt personal data. GDPR talks about appropriate security controls. If a data protection breach occurs because you did not have appropriate controls in place, not only will you suffer loss from the breach itself, you may also suffer reputational and financial loss from the regulatory attention that it brings. If you don't know what appropriate looks like, start with my basics at codeinmotion.ie slash the dash basics, and then look at frameworks like CIS controls, NIST cybersecurity framework, or ISO 27001. In the second article this week, TransUnion South Africa has suffered a significant data breach. Bleeping Computer reports that TransUnion South Africa has disclosed that hackers breached one of their servers and demanded a ransom payment not to release stolen data. The African division of TransUnion operates in eight African countries, offering commercial and consumer insurance and risk information solutions across various industries. According to the company's statement, an unauthorised person obtained access to a server based in South Africa using stolen credentials. The Brazilian-based cyber attackers told Bleeping Computer that they didn't steal any user credentials. They ran a process called a brute force attack to guess the passwords used on a transunion server that was accessible from the internet. The account they ultimately breached was allegedly using the password password. The CEO of TransUnion South Africa reassured customers that they will assist any companies whose data was stolen during the attack. He is quoted as saying, The security and protection of the information we hold is TransUnion's top priority. According to the attackers, a server that was accessible from the internet was protected with just a password, and that password was allowed to be password. So perhaps he should have said that the security and protection of the information we hold is now our top priority, but we know it's a bit late. Again, according to the attackers, data belonging to 54 million customers that was once held by TransUnion is now in the hands of the attackers. So I think he could have also said the security and protection of the information that we once held, but is now outside of our control, is our top disaster. And in the third article this week, Code has been sabotaged to protest at the invasion of Ukraine, but it exposes supply chain risks. According to a report in Dark Reading, the maintainer of a widely used open source module for Windows, Linux and Mac environments recently sabotaged its functionality to protest at the war in Ukraine. 
and in the process, focus attention once again on the potentially serious security issues tied to codependencies in software. The author of the software used by millions of developers recently inserted code into the Node IPC software for deleting all files on developer systems geolocated in Russia and Belarus. The initial update checked if it was running on a machine that appeared to be located in Russia or Belarus. If it was, it deleted files on the machine. In a subsequent update a few hours later, this deletion process was replaced by a peace not war messaging process, where random messages were displayed on these machines to protest about the invasion and linking to news stories about the death and destruction caused by Russian forces. If this can be done to Russian users, a similar sabotage could be performed by a pro-Russian coder against Western users. It exposes the risks of trusting software developers, especially those who may be the sole developer of a software product. Contributors to the article point out that choosing software that is maintained by just one developer means putting trust in that one developer. Open source projects that are backed by a foundation tend to have controls that make it very hard for a single developer to alter the code in this way. The first of two numbers this week is 75%, and that is 75% of Irish consumers are very or somewhat concerned about the security of their personal information when shopping online. This is according to a survey published by .ie, the National Registry of Ireland's online.ie domain, uh, run in association with Digital Business Ireland and reported by RTE this week. The second number this week is 96%, and that is 96% of 502 Irish SMEs involved in the .ie survey have not trained staff in cybersecurity best practices. So the one action this week is do not be the 96%. Your staff play a key role in your cybersecurity defences. They are usually one of the first lines of defence as most cyber attacks start with a phishing email that fools a staff member. And according to the survey I've just mentioned by .ie, 96% of Irish SMEs have done nothing to strengthen these human defences. So my advice this week is do not be one of those 96%. Train staff on why and how they are targeted and the warning signs to look out for. For example, unexpected emails or emails seeking urgent attention. And my sales pitch is I deliver 45-minute staff training sessions that include an Ask Me Anything Q&A delivered over Zoom or Microsoft Teams, which will explain all of this to your staff in plain English. Secondly, support staff by ensuring there's someone they can ask if they have any doubts. That is, someone who is knowledgeable about the latest scams. And another sales pitch, I provide a second opinion service that costs less than 50 cent per staff member per day. And finally, Test staff with simulated phishing emails to see where your weak points are and to focus your attention on these weak points. And my final sales pitch of this week, I provide a quarterly testing service so you can see just how strong your defences really are. Remember, your staff could be the weakest link in your defences, but with the right kind of training and support, they could become your strongest link. Human intelligence is better than artificial intelligence. When humans know what to look for, they can spot a scam faster than the best IT systems. And to learn more about how my services may help, go to codeemotion.ie forward slash services. That's it for this week. So until next week, take care.